0: Hello, and welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where you can call me the Rocket Man and Brian is TV's Frank. I'm Pastor Patrick Mathers, Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship.
1: And I'm Brian Gumpy, also Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. You should see the size of the waves on the recording software when you did your hello. Hey
0: dude, I preached in Gridley this week and I did one of those big old loud growlies. And it it got everyone's attention. There was one woman totally in the back, just like... (laughs) Like that, with her head clunked back on the pew. And I was, like, looking at her when I did it, and she did one of those, like, whoa. (laughs) It was great. Back when... Great.
1: Back when we were... trying to do the church merge thing with those uh, those old folks. What? And there was that one dude who would fall asleep every single week.
0: <laughs> What's his name, Roger?
1: I don't remember. I think it was Roger. But every single time, I just wanted to be like, get your attention and point to him be like, look, dude. You, Crank it up, yeah, dude. Do, you do <laughs> one of those. <laughs> you you got to bring it, man. You weren't even through your introduction yet, and this dude is sawing logs.
0: Yeah, poor guy. I mean, he's had a good life. He had a good run. He was like in World War II, that guy, right? Was or he? Korea. No, he was in Korea. Yeah. But dude, he was he's a good guy. One well, like dude. That guy.
1: You gotta give it to a dude who knows he's gonna fall asleep in church every single week and he shows up anyway. He could be falling asleep on his couch, <laughs> hey. but he chose to fall asleep <laughs> at church.
0: Yeah. One time I was at the bad church that I don't like to talk about very much, the big one. And <laughs> my we were at a men's barbecue, which I, I gotta give it to them. They knew how to barbecue and feed it to the men. I love that. But we were there one time and we were in the front row and the guy started talking, the speaker, and he was like so boring, like lights out boring. And my dad, you know my dad, Terry Mathers Action Hero, he does one of these. He like puts his hands on his on his knees like this and he looks to his right. He looks to his left and goes, ah, and put his head right <laughs> down on the table and just totally took a nap right there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It takes some extra gall to just like proclaim it. Yeah, I'm a I'm going to take a nap now. And he doesn't
0: even go here. Like he's just up here visiting, and he's (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, you suck at this. I'm going to nap. (laughs) I'm taking a nap. To be fair, the dude did suck. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I can say that. Hey, but dude, I'm the rocket man.
1: You're the, I know exactly why you're <laughs> and the And your TV's man. Frank. I have no clue why I'm TV's oh, Frank. Dude, I <laughs> know exactly why you're the rocket man, though. I
0: am the rocket man because today, so when this is going to come out weeks from now, but today Donald Trump said that he's organizing a sixth branch of the military. It is the United States Space Force. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Except I was born forty years too early. Ah! If only I'd been five right now,
1: you would be dude, training. I would every be training. Day for space every force. Day.
0: I would make my parents buy me a treadmill. I would like be in there studying my algebra, dude. Oh, to be in the space force, <laughs> dude. That's what all of us kids lived for and dreamed about was the space force, and it's actually happening. No, 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 this is actually going to happen. Huh? But the president said space. He said those two words, space force. It could have been so many other things like the United States Tactical Astronomical Defense Unit. But no, dude, it's space force. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a really bad movie. And that makes it so much better.
1: Like you had Star Wars, obviously. You had like... Then you got, like, Lost in Space. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Oh, I like it's this. Right there. I, no, I like this trajectory. Star Wars, <laughs> Lost in Space, Starship Troopers, Space Force. Space <laughs> Force.
0: <laughs> Dude, how much thought went into that? You know there was no focus group, right? That's, I, <laughs> I guarantee it's Donald you. Donald Trump was tweeting something, and he all of a sudden had one of them epiphanies. You know what we need? A Space Force, and it just stuck.
1: Samuel L. Jackson is, like, in Space Force.
0: Dude, okay. So one of my buddies posted the rank insignias somebody just made up, and it starts with astronaut, astronaut first class, senior astronaut, staff sergeant, technical sergeant, and it goes all the way up to chief master sergeant of the Space Force. (laughs) (laughs) I am tickled, dude. I am tickled, TV's Frank.
1: It's really coming together in my mind, this whole bad movie, Um, Samuel L. Jackson. Maybe it's a Snakes on the Plane sequel, Space Force.
0: It doesn't matter. I want to go. (laughs) I'm going to start running tomorrow. I'm going to get up tomorrow morning. You can call me on it tomorrow. Guys, he he has the
1: look in his eye. (laughs) I'm
0: going to get up tomorrow morning. Guys, I'm I'm scared. I'm going to run. Because I am to trained. space. <laughs> no, I'm going to train for the space force
1: tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. You're going to hear the Rocky soundtrack. <laughs> All
0: right, too long. Scooby <laughs> Doo, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes, right? <laughs> Didn't you hear that song before? Uh,
1: Hey, I, TV's friend. I was about to say, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. This is
0: getting away from us.
1: It's okay. I, all right. All right I, know how, I know exactly how to bring it back <laughs> Did in. Did you ever see Mystery Science Theater 3000? No, we talked about this on the remake uh, episode.
0: Oh, that's right. You suck at things. Yep. That's right. You're terrible with movies and like p- things most people are good at. Most that's right. yeah. So, movies, or t- Mystery Science Theater, they take old bad movies, and then they sit there in front of them and kind of do silly stuff and make silly comments and whatnot. Well, the beginning, the first series of that had a guy named TV's Frank, and he would always be the one who would push the button to send the movie, and you were like dilly-dallying, pushing the button to start the episode, so I called you TV's Frank.
1: You interrupted me when I was going to press it the first time, and then you got all... Space
0: Force. I don't even care, Space Force. Space Force is going to trump everything today. Trump everything Did you like that? Speaking of trumping everything, (laughs) speaking of Space
1: Force, speaking of bringing it all in, did you hear when he said that it's going to be the sixth branch of the armed forces that he called it separate but equal? Yes. Bro, you can't say separate but equal not nope. as president of the united states not in a press no, conference no, 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 no. not when you're trying no, to can. unveil the no. sixth branch of the military he can. Here's i know cuz space force Here's
0: why yes i am no trump attaboyer.
1: apologist
0: i am not uh, i am not team trump but however when he gets up there and he says the words we're making the space force he can say anything he wants to after that and i'll tell you what Every guy who's my age is suddenly all starry-eyed and smitten because we all wanted to be on Space Force. So he can say separate but equal, chocodiles or Twinkies, whatever he wants to say. Chocodiles. (laughs) Wow. We are smitten because we want to be on Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. I kind of don't want to talk about a serious topic. Because I'm so excited about Space Force, but we do have a serious topic. We
1: do. And, okay.
0: Uh, it's not going to bring it down, because this is actually a really good topic.
1: No, and yeah.
0: And I, I do know about this one ahead of time.
1: I've been itching to get to this
0: one. And we, we've we talked about this for a couple of weeks with yeah. other people and stuff, and we've kind of been uh, throwing it around and, and kind of wrestling with it ourselves. So, um,
1: How does the church respond to Black Lives Matter?
0: Yeah, which, okay, I, I want to say right up front that I am, I'm going to be honest, I did some research and looked into it. I am not familiar enough and confident enough to be able to speak to the spe- specificity of Black Lives Matter, but I do want us to talk about racial reconciliation totally. and racial issues within the church, and I, th- I don't think, we actually, we have the questioner in the room, Paul, you asked that question. We got a guest here today, Paul. Hi, is Paul. That, since you're here and I normally don't have the questioner here, I'm just going to ask you Is that fair? That's true. Is that, I know I always say I wish the person was here so I could do this. For one is fair. that fair for me to do? Are you okay with me going that direction? Here.
1: Thumbs say up. Something.
0: Yes. Yes, you're cool with that? Yeah. All right. All right. Good. All right. Thank you. I love Paul. Paul's great. Yeah. That, <laughs> sounded, that sounded so <laughs> insincere. Like, yeah. He's all right. I mean, gosh. I mean, he's not for everyone. I guess but I yeah. got to say, yeah, he's in the room. <laughs> what a punk. Whatever. All right, Rachel. He's in my
1: bedroom right reconcil- now. We're recording in my bedroom. It's not Which weird. Which is not weird at all. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't like Paul, he wouldn't be here. Anyway. He wouldn't be
0: in your bedroom.
1: He <laughs> you would not be in my bedroom. Okay. Swear. We're trying to be serious right now. So.
0: Um, no, from now on, we'll be serious.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. To me, like, this is an important thing for us to talk about. It's huge. I don't like that we have to say bad things about the church because, I mean, I still totally believe that you'll be hard-pressed to find two dudes who love the church more than we do. But it feels like we have a lot of negative things to say on the podcast about the church.
0: Well, when we do that, we're talking about, like, broad American evangelicalism And I don't think that that is a wise measuring stick for the church. I think that's an aberration. Yeah. I'd even go so far as to say I think a lot of it is a cancer. Part of the church, but a twisted and not healthy part of the church. Well, there's
1: definitely a wheat and tares thing going on there, but I don't want to get too far off. So, So, yeah, but this is an area where the church has screwed up, blown it. Oh, yeah, blown it blown mm. it yeah. so bad. I mean, we talked about, like, the black eye on the face of the church with the abortion issue yeah. and other things like that, like, oh. Every bit God. as much. Every bit yeah. as much. Yeah. Every bit as much. And, and, you it's know what? Shameful. Honestly, it's
0: probably more because this issue has been around in the American church longer, a century longer. Yeah. More than that. Maybe two centuries longer. No, for sure. For sure, two centuries longer. So, this is definitely a worse black eye on the face of American Christianity than the abortion issue.
1: So a hundred percent. So let's jump in. So uh, let's just, I mean, we're this two is, white guys. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, there and, you go. Elephant in the room.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and, but, but I think what we want to do is we need to, uh, we need to address that right up front and we need to say, this is how we're coming uh, at this particular issue from our perspective having discussed this with our friends who a few of them are minorities, but some of them are other white guys too. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to wrestle with how does scripture lead us to think on these issues and act on these issues, right? I think those are the two big things that we're going to end up coming away from this episode is yeah, how I do like we that. think about these issues and then how do we act about these issues, right?
1: Yeah. So, let's talk about what I see as being a big issue. I mean, if we're going to kind of boil it down a little bit, make it <clears throat> manageable here. Um, one issue that we're seeing happening in the church right now. So, we just had the MLK50. Yeah. Um, there was uh that conference, the MLK50 conference, which was a it was a Christian conference basically on Together racial Together yeah. Basically yeah. on racial reconciliation. The Gospel right? Coalition put it on. And yeah. they,
0: they just did one called oh, Women of Color as well.
1: Yeah. And um, so you've got all kinds of people speaking on this, but obviously you've got some white people who are speaking on this too. And then you've got those dudes who want to chime in and it's, why do we have to apologize for anything Why? um, Why are we still talking about this? Um, Aren't we we all
0: colorblind?
1: Yep, that's the big phrase that I hear. Aren't we all one in Christ? Like there is no Greek slave, Jew, blah blah blah. Um, So yeah, the church really wants to kind of just sidestep the issue and just not address that.
0: Do you think that's sidestepping, or do you think in their minds, to give them the benefit of the doubt that they think they actually have wrestled with the issue? And that it actually is a settled matter?
1: I think... No, I don't think that they think it's a settled matter.
0: You know. Okay. I think... It, okay, it's not a settled matter, but it should be at this point. Oh, yes. And that people are just egging it on yes. and instigating. But then in their mind, they're like, look, this is done... The civil rights movement happened. It was my we grandfather. It you wasn't know, me. it wasn't me. So why can't we just move on and be the church, right? Yeah. yeah. No,
1: definitely. I definitely think that that's something that they would say. Yeah. I think it's completely spoken out of ignorance, though.
0: Okay. I think well, that. I, but, it, yeah. Parse that out.
1: If you think that this is a done issue that we should be past by now, maybe we should be past it by now, but we're not. If if i mean certainly um slavery is over and you know if you want to look at the laws of this country um they're significantly better than they used to be but as far as the issue of racial reconciliation it's still but
0: it isn't the laws no right. That's what I said like oh, the sorry. laws
1: are better than they used to be.
0: But he, I mean that isn't even that isn't even there because it isn't. It is, the laws can be as best as they can be, but it's still the attitudes that people have, and the issue is that there is a prevailing racism that is institutionalized in our culture and in our society 100%. that isn't being addressed. That's what I was hasn't getting addressed. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. No, I didn't. Well, I didn't I, my get point was
1: like maybe the laws are better, but the impact is still yeah. very much present. Do you that, think
0: that's true that there is a inherent institutional racism? Because I think a lot of Christians would say no.
1: I think... A lot
0: of Americans, but for sure Christians, would say no.
1: I think when you ask if there's inherent institutionalized racism, um, that it's easy to say no because maybe it's not intentional. And that might be thinking the best. Uh, when we're talking about the institutionalized aspects, that's something that I'm going to... Add. In
0: society, I, I'm, not, I'm not specifically talking about within like police systems or within the government. Okay. I mean, society as a whole. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, well, another to, way to say it is, is white privilege legitimate? Yes. Yeah, okay. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, yeah. I hundred
1: yeah. percent, yes. Yep. There's no question. No question that right. it's a thing, right? And I mean, yeah, is it hard like having to carry that guilt, um, that's like seems to be inferred and that you can kind of like feel it in the room? Like anytime the word white privilege goes around and it's not a white person who says it, and I know that they're talking about me, is it hard to hear that? I mean, yeah but I choose that over being like the risk on the receiving end of this institutional racism that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, it's not cool, but you're still, it's true. Yeah. And it's way, way, way better to be me um, as a white. M- I mean, forget about the fact that I'm white. Like I'm a male too. I'm a white male in America who on, you know, as we're using these descriptors, who has it better in America than white males?
0: Right. No, you're right. And, and that's, if you, that's where we stand right and now. And if
1: you want to talk about how being a white male in America isn't a level of privilege, then you
0: just... You're either blind, ignorant, or willfully, like, sticking your head in the sand. You just
1: want to defend yourself. Right. That's all.
0: You know, you know okay, so so back up. We've had this conversation with several people recently, um, both you and me together and separate with other people. And the the passage I keep coming back to when people tell me, that you know, we're all one in Christ, we're supposed to be colorblind, or, or those kind of things, is Revelation chapter 5, where it says that all the saints are bowing before the Lord and they're singing a new song. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people, and nation, and you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. The implication here is that in heaven, we're all bowing before the Lord and worshiping him and singing this song, and there's still tribal, language, national, and racial identity. And I I can't escape that. This isn't the only place this kind of language occurs. It's the best place it occurs, I think. So when we go back to these passages like Ephesians chapter 2 where it talks about that there's no Jew or Greek or that we're all one in Christ, there's no male or female, we're all one in Christ, that's true, but not to the exclusion of the identity that we have as people in particular cultures because here we are, people from every tribe, language, and people, and nation. And that's important because Christ died for the world, and he died for people from every tribe, language, people, and nation. If that all of a sudden becomes homogenous and unimportant anymore, then how do we say Christ died for the world with any meaning and with any force?
1: So, <clears throat> going back to that Ephesians passage, if I I don't have it in front of me right now, but if I'm remembering right,
0: Ephesians the, two, yeah. The Go reason ahead. he said that Bring there's
1: no distinction was so that the Ephesians would be inclusive, right?
0: Yeah, there's no dividing wall anymore. And specifically, it's between Israel and the Gentiles.
1: Sure, but my point is, like, okay. You want me to
0: read a little bit of it? Remember at that time you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus... You who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And then he says, He's our peace. He's broken down the wall of hostility and abolished. Yeah, anyways, he made peace yeah, between yeah. these two. Yeah.
1: So when I look at a passage like that, <clears throat> our primary identity is in Christ. In Christ. But that doesn't mean that it's our only identity. Is that fair? Yeah. I feel like that's totally fair.
0: So it's it, our here's what I would say. It's our primary identity. Right. Our, our identity is we are image bearers of God, all people, and we are united to Christ. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I would want to make sure that we say that it's Trinitarian. Mm-hmm. Our connection with one another as Christians and with the Lord is a Trinitarian connection. Under that, though, we are still who we are as people. God intended us to be... Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, you know, Polynesian. um, Men. Women. women. Yeah. And those distinctions are permanent. Yeah. But. Clearly. But they don't divide us anymore. Mm -hmm. The greater thing of our union with Christ unites people together that normally had hostility towards one another. And there was a dividing wall between us. But now in Christ, we are one, but that doesn't take away from the fact that there still are black, white, oppressed people groups, and that what we should do, as I don't want to get ahead and say actions yet, we're still thinking through this. So I'll come back to that thought in a moment.
1: Well, maybe I was jumping the gun too then, because what I was going to ask you is, so when the reason why I love talking about our primary identity is in Christ, so maybe you know, our racial identity, or maybe even our cultural identity, whatever, is secondary. That doesn't change the fact that it's there. Should it ever come before our union that we have in Christ?
0: Of course not. Right. Of course, that's that's a given, and I think and I all think, sides would agree with that.
1: But that's where I think some take it too far: is in <clears throat> identifying our union to Christ as our primary identity. They, um, as a result. Communicate whether it's intentional or not, that it should be our only identity when they w- want to go the colorblind route. Right. Or when somebody comes into the church and something happens to where the race or reconcil- <laughs> racial, reconcilia- nice. racial reconciliation subject comes up, it's, oh, well, we're all one in Christ. Why are we talking about that? We don't want to be divisive. Right? And so, I mean, that's yeah. what I see happening yeah. a lot is... Do these people want to be racists? Do they want to um, perpetuate the racial problem that we have in this country? Certainly not. But, but they want you, to keep that kind of racial talk out of the church, right? And
0: when you do that, you inevitably, you, you inevitably make race an issue. Yep. And you exacerbate the problem. Yep. You don't. You don't reconcile. It. So, so let's move to action then. Now, what I want to do here, and I hope that this is healthy. I think it is, is I want to use illustrations from other things and then bring it into the racial issue. And none
1: of them are going to be perfect.
0: None of them, right. None so we of them don't are ass- going to be perfect. We don't I'm
1: assume not- that any of these are airtight. They All illustrations break by right. And
0: I And I am totally open to correction on this issue. I could be completely wrong, and I would offer anybody on any side of this issue to chime in, and, and tell me where my error in thinking is, where my error biblically is, because I'd love to hear it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the way I proceed with the racial issue, an example, let me start with an example and then bring it back to the race, race issue, is that I was at a meeting the other day, well, this is a couple of weeks ago now, um, with a guy who he ha- is a pastor of a church in a town nearby and he didn't know my theological background and bent, which is Calvinism. And he was railing against Calvinists. They had, a group had come in and had split his church and they were up, they were a bunch no of... No way. Yeah, I know, right? Go <laughs> figure. But but Calvinists are jerks, to be honest, a lot of times. A lot of times. And time. amen, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Calvinists are jerks a lot of times. And this guy had experienced the worst of it. I mean, really, really bad when I heard how it went down. It was really ugly. And I just let him vent. I let him go through his thing. And it was like 45 minutes of him talking and saying things before I finally felt comfortable to chime in. And I said, hey, dude, I want you to know I'm a Calvinist. And when I said that, his face went ashen. He's a white guy do. But <laughs> his face went ashen. And he looked at me like he just put the biggest size 14 foot in his mouth, right, kind of thing. Uh And I'm like, I I want you to know. And, like, I was really broken. I started tearing up. I'm like, I'm so sorry that Calvinists treat you like that. That is wrong. It's unacceptable. As a Calvinist, I want to say that's not the way – any of us should treat you if i believe in the sovereignty of god then i should be okay with you where you're at because in god's sovereignty he has you there yeah we can have these conversations but man i love you in christ and we're different but we're united to christ and he he broke I mean, he started weeping and we're crying together here in his office like two big blubbering, you know, fools. But but you know what? There was a bond formed there, a genuine bond. And I was genuinely grieved over what people had done to him in the name of Calvinism. And as a Calvinist, I was genuinely broken over that. Bring it to the race issue. Uh, I've heard several people say we shouldn't apologize for this because we didn't do it it was our ancestors years ago and dude i'm irish okay so it's i'm american my ancestors were irish you know my my grandfather on my dad's side came over and you know so so in my my grandmother her parents before that so the irish they were a marginalized oppressed people but nothing like blacks in, in our society here in america but none of them none of my ancestors you know, owned any slaves or had any kind of that, but they were probably racist. They probably (laughs) were. And so when I would talk with my minority friends, if there was any whiff that I got that they were treated wrong, I would want to be the first one to apologize and try to make amends, even though myself personally hadn't committed any of those wrongs, or maybe I have, and I'm just unaware of it and ignorant, but I would still want to be the first person to say, I am so sorry and broken and grieved over that to bring about reconciliation because our unity in Christ is what matters. And if something someone else did and you look at me and you see what somebody else did in me, I, I want to bridge that. I want to remove that. I want our union to be in Christ. I don't want there to be a dividing wall between us. And so I'll bend over backwards and do whatever it takes in order to reconcile those issues. And that is not something that a lot of my white evangelical friends, I think, want to hear, want to say, and want to do.
1: Right. And it's so frustrating when I hear the response, we shouldn't have to do that.
0: It, oh. it's, it grinds your gears, right? Oh,
1: gosh. Well, great. Like, there's tons of things that we sh- like. maybe we shouldn't have to do, but it's worth doing. And I wouldn't even agree that we shouldn't have to. I'm not even going to go so far right. as, I know you're not to so agree. Fair. I get that. But let's say it were true. What what does it cost you? Right. Do, Who are cares? you are you right. actually sorry that it happened? Because you should be. Yeah. These people are image bearers of God, and they were treated horribly. Still are. Still are. Still, Still are. are. I don't right. want to get too right. far right. off right. of that. Still are. Yeah, and are treated terribly. Mm. And <clears throat> there is uh, an element where. Silence is...
0: Um, A continuation of the institutionalized racism. It yeah. is. I, if we're to silent, think of, it's not okay.
1: I'm trying to think of the way to say condoning, but just...
0: Condoning, Silence yeah. is condoning, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, there is an element of that. There just is, especially when you have that person sitting across from you. Do
0: you think it's fear?
1: Um, no, I think it's the whole... That they're afraid that this is going to just continue the discussion, and they just want it to be over. They, they just want it to stop. Oh, okay. Like if we don't talk about gotcha. it, it'll just go away. Um, but uh,
0: but sh- that doesn't work in your marriage.
1: That's uh, that doesn't that's exactly work where in the church. Go. It
0: doesn't work with your friends. Why would it work in any other <laughs> <laughs> arena?
1: Totally. And that's what I was going to say: is we are having throughout our lives to pursue people that we love <clears throat> and maybe uh, if it was truly reciprocated and understood that this was, you know, something that both sides are involved in, then you shouldn't have to pursue somebody that you love. Well, newsflash, you do it anyway. Right. You have to pursue your wife, my daughter, I have to pursue my daughter. And there are some times when I didn't do anything wrong but their feelings are hurt and I have to go and I have to tend to them. Not because I did something wrong, but because they're hurt. I mean something to them and me telling them I'm so, so sorry. I don't want this to ever happen to you again. That's terrible that that happened, blah, blah, blah. It's meaningful to them. And then I'm building trust with them. They know I'm their advocate. They know I care about them. They know I'm willing to protect them, on and on and on. If we're willing to do that for our loved ones in these small cases, where, in the truest sense, if I didn't, like, my daughter skinned her knee, I go out there, I'm so sorry that happened. Okay, if I don't tell her that, she's still gonna ride her bike. She's still gonna be fine. But I'm still
0: communicate care and compassion. Yeah, but I'm still willing to go tell
1: her I'm sorry. If that's so small time, but this is something that's systematic, huge, and these people are genuinely feeling pain. Like, dude,
0: like today, and I might have contributed to it somewhere along the line, and so I don't want to minimize that either. It's not just. I didn't do anything. No, I don't I'm think that removed either. Removed and distant. Oh, I know. I'm just saying that someone could hear from your example. It's that, worth that, saying. Yeah, no, I agree. That, that 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 could be the case. And so, don't extrapolate from that that I'm you know indifferent and I'm just like the, I'm the pious guy coming. Oh, I'm a so, no. It's nothing I apologize like that. for my for friend. my friend over there. Right? Yeah. No, we both are broken and grieved over this issue. And. And we, I, I, we would do whatever we could to bend over backwards to make it right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because we love our brothers and sisters.
0: We, we love our brothers and sisters. It's wrong the way they have been and are being treated. Institutional racism is wrong. And real. In society. Ugh. Yeah. In the church. Yeah. It, it's a real thing. I get, I totally get different denominations I totally get that there's a different place where people might feel comfortable worshiping. I totally get there being certain black churches and certain white churches. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about we all need to be one homogenous Catholic church. What we're talking about is acknowledging the wrongs that have been done and are continuing to being done. And in Christian circles, we have really screwed up, in my opinion, by not upfront acknowledging these things, hitting them head on, going to where the problems are and trying to make them right. And
1: I think it has a lot to do with pride um of like your own, you know, I shouldn't like we talked about you shouldn't have to do that, but <clears throat> also when you apologize, like that's not a proud position to be in. And so I think that there's an element of wanting to always have like the moral high ground or whatever else and to apologize for something like that, you take that away. And so it's putting somebody else, their feelings, their beliefs even. Like there might be a time when we disagree and we're still going to love our brother and apologize or do what we can to make things right, reconcile like we talked about, because we love them. yeah, Because we love them. And the thing is, going back to when people come into the church, oh, our primary identity is in Christ. We don't need to talk about that here because when you're here, your primary identity is in Christ. Let your brother walk with a limp. Let your sister come into church with some baggage. You are going to come in and you are going to be beat up hopefully from the outside before you came in and not inside. But I mean, like we're talking about, it happens inside too.
0: Um,
1: but you're going to just have been through stuff that changes you. We are very much a product of our experience. Now God is God sovereign our experience of course, but does it change us? Absolutely. Um, You know, people are bereaved because of people that they've lost, and they're never the same because of that. People have had to endure abuse, and they're never the same because of that. And when you talk about people like that, when you go to a widow and she's not, you know, the same cheery self that she is like, oh, well, don't worry. You know, Jesus still sits on the throne, so you can cheer up now. Oh, your dad beat you when you were a kid. It's okay. I don't understand why you have such a hard time. With- right,
0: you, your your mom was a single mom, and yeah. you know your brothers and sisters are from you know different dads because they came in and out of her life, and you know you, you've lived in poverty and you've you've had a real rough time of it, and what you, you've had basically you know white people looking down on you your whole life. <clears throat> That's not right. Yeah. What can we do? I, I, I want to say, what can we do to bridge that gap? What can we do to genuinely say you are a person from every tribe, tongue, and language, and people that belongs before the throne of God every bit as much as I do, maybe even more so. Maybe even you deserve a, a front row where I don't. What What can I do? What What do I need to do to make that right? What can I do to get you there? What can I do with tears, with grief in my heart, what do I need to do?
1: I think we need to be careful too that we don't turn <laughs> our lack of understanding into a chore for people who are already going through it. Right. You know, there are going they're going to be
0: going to days- know some things. So. Sure. No. No. No.
1: I'm not saying that there's not a time and place, but at the same time, like one, one thing that my mind went to is realizing and recognizing that you don't understand that you don't understand as a white male what it's like to turn on the news and see that another black man was gunned down and realizing that I don't have the same connection to that, that my brothers and sisters of color do recognizing that that is going to be heavy because it could have been them. Yeah. It could have been them um, that that person looks just like their father their brother, their sister, their mother, whatever, and that you have a stronger connection to something like that. And maybe you don't know them. Maybe even that person was doing something wrong. <laughs> but still, like a, a good example is uh that rapper who just uh, got killed. And I'm Oh so, yeah. And it's like I'm not gonna say that I'm gonna I butcher the name. Yeah,
0: I don't know his name but, either. Um
1: yeah. he he He's died 20
0: years old. 20 He's years so old. Young.
1: Yeah. And recognizing like I have some friends who are having a really Really hard time with it right now. Now is that kid an innocent angel? No, of course not. But
0: he's an image bearer of God, though.
1: But right. Well, yeah, totally. Yeah. But does like his um, uh, his situation like did that impact his outcome? I think it'd be ignorant to say that it didn't. Right. Um, and so, do I understand what that's like? No, no, I don't. So, understand that you don't understand. Um, and then, yeah, I like what you said, too, about having the humility to go through and just being willing to do whatever you can to make things right. Are we going to be able to fix systemic racism on our own? No, but if nobody starts, right. if nobody does anything, right. then we're not well, we going can, to get we anywhere. We can
0: certainly help, and, and I think it takes a level... Humility isn't the right word, because then that makes me sound good. I'm, I'm depending on the sovereignty of God, because I'm willing to, number one, look bad, but I'm willing, number two, to say, you know what, you might definitely need to be preferred over me in lots and lots of ways. And that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. And I think, honestly, in the back of my mind, that's a part of why people want to do the colorblind thing. Is because they really like the position that they're in, and they don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, you know, in error for saying that, and now both sides are mad. But I, I kind of think that's there a little bit. Well, I think John the Baptist, when he said he must increase and I must decrease about Christ. Had the right attitude that we should have within the church toward our brothers and sisters, especially towards those who have been they're hurting marginalized, who have been oppressed, and who have been the victims of really bad policies in our government and our society, and frankly, really bad Christians putting their head in the sand or even making straight up racist decisions.
1: Yeah. No. They're they're hurting. Yeah. In in any other scenario, if it was any other type of hurt, the church would want to just just rush right in and do whatever. Not it single could. moms. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe I'm thinking too well yeah. of the church here. But, yeah. Um, you know, for a lot of us, um, there are things like physically, physically things that ache. Um and you know, our our nature uh, is one that's sinful and tarnished. I, I mean, I look forward so much to the day when in heaven I, I don't have a body that aches, when I don't have that sin nature, when when we're glorified, when we have these heavenly bodies that are just renewed. And when we get to heaven and see these renewed bodies, I know that there are going to be multiple multiple colors.
0: Right, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, and I, I think that this is a great time to say it. I think, there you go, black lives do matter. <laughs> they matter to the Lord. He cares. They're image bearers of God every bit as much as you or I would sit here and say that we are. And so where we would yes and amen that sentiment, that's where we want to move forward from. That's where we want our thoughts to be. Yes, black lives matter. What can I do as a Christian to reconcile us as brothers and sisters in Christ? And if that person of color isn't a Christian, what can I do to show them that people matter to the Lord from every tribe, language, people, and nation, and share the gospel with them? Because he mattered to the Lord every bit as much as I do. And I'm not trying to minimize. Hopefully everybody understands at this point, I'm not trying to minimize our differences, whether it's racially or whatever it is ethnically, but that we all do have a big place at the table. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And don't say all lives matter in response.
0: (laughs) Or white lives matter. Or, you know, I I understand blue lives matter. I understand all those sentiments, but that's not helpful. Right. (laughs) Thank you for saying the same thing I did at the same time. It's not helpful. Helpful. Yeah.
1: My gosh. Yeah.
0: We need to be wise about our language. People are allowed to celebrate
1: individuality, and people are able to mourn individually. That's okay. Right. Like you're not. Gl- when it's
0: a response to a kid getting shot down in the street, whatever the situation, people are grieving.
1: Nobody's trying to tell you that white lives don't matter. Right. Guess what? Right. Everybody already knows that white lives matter. Okay. They have it shoved in their face all day, every day. We get it. We know. So when people say black lives matter, you know what the appropriate response would be? Yes. I agree. Yeah. Black lives do matter. Right, That's not an exclusive statement. It, and it doesn't, doesn't exclude mean, others.
0: Right. And it doesn't mean we're signing off on every single social agenda that one or a group of people who might have in that particular movement. It means that we acknowledge there's been oppression. We acknowledge there's been wrong and we want to do our part to make it right. Amen. Amen. I got a question of the day.
1: Oh crap. I had a question of the day.
0: Well, let's do two. Do you have
1: a goofy one? or do No, you it's like name? serious. Does it have to do with the topic? Kind of. Okay, go for it.
0: What is a controversial opinion that you have?
1: Oh, okay.
0: I'm not trying to trump you. I was Space going, troopers.
1: All right. I was going to ask if anybody out there has anything that they've read on this subject that they would recommend.
0: Yeah, that's not bad. I like yours better. Let's no, go with that.
1: I'm not trying to trump you.
0: No, Space, space Force, rivers, man. Space Force. We'll we'll come back to the... We'll do the controversial one another time.
1: Great. All right, so question of the day. What have you read? What have you read that has been helpful?
0: And point us there. We want to read that. So badly. So badly, yeah. yeah. We want to be enlightened. So contact us, reach out to us. Tell us, hey, if if you hear the things that are saying and you hear an error that, that we're putting forward, man, tell us, call us out on it. We, we are not the authority on this by any stretch of the imagination. We're just saying words. And we think that these particular words have meaning and value and are important. And we really care. We really, this issue really does matter to us.
1: So if you're out there listening and you have black skin, we believe that you belong.